quit taking advice from people you wouldn't change spots with. So many people take advice from people that aren't committed and aren't willing to do it. It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to The Ted Huff Show. I'm your host, Ted Huff. This is the second part of my interview with Ryan Wheeler, AKA Lambo Dad. In the first part, he shared with us his comeback journey. In this episode, he explains the driving force that led him to buy the Lamborghini and how it changed his life. He also shares the tactics he uses to inspire kids every day to give back to his community so you can too. Oh, and before I forget, subscribe to the Ted Huff Show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and at tedhuff.com. That's www.tedhuff.com. Now enjoy the episode. Your handle on, on Instagram is Lambo Dad. So there's a story behind the Lambo itself. Oh yeah. Where did the goal for the Lambo come from? And then what was it that drove you to make it happen? When my son was born, I made a promise and I made it a public thing. I made it, I put stuff on, uh, and I mean, my, I think my Facebook, I had a hundred and something people on there, you know, and I don't even, Instagram wasn't even a, a thing, but I put on there that, um, when my son enters ninth grade, his first day of high school, I'll drive him to school in a Lamborghini. And then I followed up with, if I have to steal it, but I will bring him to school in a Lamborghini. I pictured that his first day in ninth grade and I pictured what it would be like. And I pictured what it would be like to buy a, a Lamborghini. Like I knew what it was going to, I thought I knew what it was going to be like. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know, but I know that I'm willing to do whatever it will take. And there was a lot of times when I was going through my really rough patches where, you know, uh, what sounds good to put on, you know, to put out to the world as well. I thought about my son, and, but I didn't, I thought about, material things that was what pulled me through and i mean now i could lose all that stuff in having some healthy kids and a happy life like none of that matters now but then it, it did and i strongly believe in setting materialistic goals because there's nothing that feels better than buying and i recommend everybody at some point sets that and try, buys a Lamborghini because it's a freaking awesome day. It is the <laughs> coolest thing that I've ever got to do. So my son's first day of first grade, I got to, I got to drop him off, pick him so up. So eight years early. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's still, when I think about it there and I think of what, like where my mind used to go thinking of like ninth grade, it was like, man, I don't know what, how in the world I'm ever going to make this happen. Uh, and then when I did buy it, I took, I got a lot of hate. Who are you trying to be? I bought a Maserati first and that was to get into the exotic car clubs because I knew that if I got in and with just personal relations, a lot of these people own buildings. I happen to work on buildings. They work in their circle. People, right. they work in their circle. They don't want to be out searching. They don't want to be on Craigslist trying to find someone to come work on their building. Um, so I remember my accountant, I told him I was going to buy a car. Then I bought the Maserati and he's friends with me on Facebook. And 
what did you buy? Like we're, I was thinking like an Impala or something. And then it built these crazy relationships. And then I, I also got in and saw the parts of the exotic car scene that I didn't like was how the entitlement, how people treated, how they treated staff members and like waitresses and all that. I'm like, Oh, I could change this. I could change this. Our little piece of the exotic car scene I could change. But now I need an a real exotic car. I mean, the Maserati, it, but it wasn't a Lambo, you know? And then... Um, People go, ooh, what is that? Yeah, yeah. And it was a four-door and I had a bunch... And I put a... I did a bunch of work to it. And it was, it was nasty fast. It was loud. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. I love that car. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I got to a point. We, had a, we were killing it in business. And I'm like, man. Called my buddy. He's an exotic car broker. I said, hey. I want a white Gallardo, but it's got to be a gated six-speed car. It's got to be have a clutch, like a real, like a real driver's car. Because, dude, yeah, those are hard to come by. I'm like, yeah, I start looking, you know, maybe a year, maybe next season, you know. Um, the next day, he calls me. He's like, I got a white gated. It's in Maple Grove, which is an hour from us. Right. Like, it's my buddy. He wants to buy a Tesla. I'm like. I'm like, well, you just called my bluff. Like I wasn't like, I'm not ready right now. We've never heard of it. I'm like, Oh, so I was telling them what it was and everything. And, uh, and you know, I got we don't even know how to, how to finance this thing. Cause I didn't have, I couldn't just pay for it outright. Um, I'm like, well, how's this? So I put a, you know, a big chunk down of, on it. And then I was like, let's, I'm just gonna make it, I'm just gonna make this happen. You know, let's just do it. Um, and and then I took a ton of crap from people that are like, you could have invested in property. You could have, I was like, yeah, but if I died tomorrow, this was what, this is what I wanted. And and now I look back at, I mean, it's the best purchase I've ever made in my life by far. There's just the, the people it gets me around what I do with it now. I mean, we take it, we put so many kids in it. We pile kids in, we let kids write out, sign on the hood on rallies. Like it, and it's become I mean, it's turned into what my personal brand is and it's gotten to where we go places and people are like, Oh, Lambo dad, can we get a picture? And I'm like, Whoa, that's super weird. I'm not used to that, but it's awesome. Like it's everything, um, that I ever could imagine, you know, and, and I want it to just keep going. I mean, we're going to keep blowing that, blowing it up. I've had a black Gardo on my desk for like six years sitting right there. I look at it every day. Every day that I was at my desk, I would look at it back from when it was like a little table sitting there, you know, with a folding chair. It's been, that thing's been sitting there. Now I've got a Centenario up there, you know, cause, <laughs> and then I got a picture, you know, of, of Uncle G's jet. Cause it's like, that's, you know, I'm going to need a jet someday, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. This is the part where I like to give people tactics and things to really rock and roll and make some changes in their life. You've overcome a lot of different things. And I can imagine having the business and the commercial and having the employees and having all these things go on. When you get overwhelmed, start to lose focus, what are some things that you do to just press the reset button things like this coming down and doing stuff like this coming down for three days um getting down to arizona getting around these people like this is what refocuses me okay big time the miracle morning was a game changer 
book when I read that. That was a uh, and, and and stuff like that. People get weirded out about. Like you and me have talked about the meditation stuff. That's right. that's huge. And I need to get better at that. I do. I'll meditate. The difference it makes you feel like when you it's tell unreal. Them, it's unreal. But when you hear people like Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, like all these people that talk about their morning routine, David Meltzer, yeah, it's and all, my leg, it's, exactly, it's all of them. And it's like, well, these guys have a track record that works. <laughs> I need to do what they're doing. So you you are mentioning um, the whole meditation and following these guys, and it, it's really interesting for me because. Just this week, um, I missed one day and it was really interesting because at the end of that day, I was more tired. That's the only thing that changed that day. I drank the same amount of water. No joke. I, I ate the exact same thing as the day before for lunch and for breakfast. And I mean, I do the intermittent fasting, all that fun stuff too. Right. And the only thing that changed that I didn't meditate in that morning. And I was like dead. I mean, I, I, I was dragging way earlier than normal. So next day I'm like, okay, well, I was like, oh, there's probably something, right? Next morning I wake up, I do, do my meditation. It's a 30 minute meditation, run through it real quick. Well, not real quick, 30 minutes, but yeah. uh, run through it and boom, it's back. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, it's crazy. And see, I have, I've done, I don't get... Like, a, I, I can't, the 30 minute. I, I'll hook you up, man. This, yeah, so, so I, so I, I couldn't, I, I can't do the silent ones. Um, I have, I have a guided one that I use. Um, that is, it is awesome. Um, be, because it, it gets you focused. And the really cool part about this is that, uh, an author, um, Michael Dowd, he'll be on eventually. Um, but he and I were talking about it and he had meditated and he had, dude, he did a 90 day, no talking meditation, eat. And that's all he did for 90 straight days. And he explains to me and I, cause I was telling him I was struggling with the meditation that dude, I know that was my reaction too. I'm like trying to wrap my mind around that 90 days, no talking 90 days of sleeping, eating, cooking and meditating. That's all you do. For 90 days. It wouldn't be great for business. No, it wouldn't. But the point that he made to me is he's like, the problem that most people have with meditation is they think that they're supposed to have absolutely no thoughts. Or they think they're supposed to have specific thoughts. Mm -hmm. The idea of meditation is is to allow the thought to come, acknowledge it, and let it go. Mm -hmm. And then come back. And, and so I've been searching for something that would allow me to have that happen. If you go from beginning to end and listen to the instruction, every time it's about 30 minutes. When I got into it, I, I mean, I had to start, it was so hard to start. Like, did you start with an app or uh, I started with an app and then I just went to, I want to do just five minutes of sitting in quiet and it wasn't. You know, people picture the home, doing all this stuff. Like it was sitting on the couch, phone on airplane mode. And it for me, it was, I have to figure out how to not look at my phone, but to go for five minutes and then start, like start over if I didn't get five minutes. Dude, it took me a long time to, cause I'd sit there and I'm like, all right, it's been like 35 minutes. And it's like, 
a minute and 28 seconds. Like it's very hard to get, especially when you run, like my brain runs so it's running hard. <laughs> like it's always going. And then in the mornings, like my routine starts once the kids get out of there, but, and then days where I'm out actually out working out, you know, with the crew or have a crane, have a trailer I need to pull, whatever is going on. It changes my whole morning routine then because it's a three hour earlier start. And, uh, so it's, it's hard to get that, that perfect, especially like I think of 30 minutes. And I mean, it's a great goal to set because I can't imagine. So you know what Russell Simmons says? So he, he, he said a while ago, um, I think what he, he said something like, if you don't have, and I'm going to get the timings wrong, yeah. but he's like, if you don't have 10 minutes, you need 10 hours. If you can't find 10 minutes to meditate, you need 10 hours to meditate. Mm -hmm. And I know I got the numbers wrong, so you guys can blow me up all you want. But but the whole point is that... Drop a comment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> drop a comment. Uh, straighten me out. Give me the right numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the whole point is, is that if you don't feel like you have enough time, that means you need that much more time mm -hmm. to do that. And I struggle with it as well, because you and I were talking earlier, it's like, our brain, we do, we were about how many different subjects did we go over in like 10 minutes? All of them. I right. Mean, yeah. So I understand the busy mind piece of it. Your social media presence and your mission with the Lambo. I mean, that really hasn't taken off what, but in the last year and a half. It, I mean, really it's been the last, this car season, like a few months. Oh, wow. That it's been, I mean, we went out, we did the crown rally. We've been out in the, in the, you know, in the world with it, doing, doing our thing. Um, but so I started this thing called the LD that we hashtag the LD three K the Lambo dad three K. And what I wanted to do was get 3000 kids sit in the car, take a picture with them for every kid that sat in the car at events at gas. I mean, wherever, I don't care. Like the car's wide open for people to come check out gas station stops take like 30 minutes a lot of times <laughs> and my wife it drives her crazy because she'll be like waiting for me I, babe i'd stop at the gas station She's like oh is it gonna be 30 minutes an hour like because i'm not leaving until anyone who wants to check it out dude sitting it really yeah yeah sitting it um but we started the ld3k and then it was i was donating a, do a dollar for every kid that sat in it uh up until the crown rally and during the crown rally and then it gets donated to epilepsy foundation well that got picked up. I put a story on my Instagram and, uh, or a post or something. And it had got picked up by a handful of people that, and then it got made its way to 3M and they wanted to be a, they wanted to sponsor a, a new rap on it. And, uh, and then Nate, it was a buddy from IVS. He's like, dude, let's work with my lady and I'll get you squared away. And that's actually where the car is right now. Um, so it's just been, and then I'm like, holy cow, I saw that like there was a real thing. And then I also saw people that started to duplicate what I was doing, which it got a little frustrated at first because they were pushing it harder than I was, but it was just what I do anyway. Right. Uh, and then my cars, you know, with the YouTube channel and stuff like the car breaks, it's just been awesome because it's, it's really snowballed like really quickly. Um, 
And it showed really the power that it all has with the social media and with what we're doing. What belief, behavior, or habit have you implemented in your life that you've seen the biggest change from? So I started doing this mentoring thing. Um, it's been a couple of years now, but I didn't have, I mean, I knew I wanted to make money. I wanted to help people, but I, I know I didn't have an actual, like where someone's like, what's your purpose? What do you want to do? I mean, I don't know about out of control and have a jet. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what I want to do, but it, there was, it was a lot more materialistic then. And I started actually just reading in the winter for 15 minutes a week. So I go in one time a week and read with kids that just needed, you know, needed someone, a reading buddy. Um, and that was my first thing. And it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world. After a couple of weeks, I was like, man, I want to, this is sweet. Like I'm changing, I'm helping these kids. These kids absolutely love me being here. And this last year I spent more time in the school district than I did probably my, probably in all of 10th and 11th grade when I was in school at the school. Like that is too funny. Yeah. And, and, and that was where I found, I found my passion was to help people, especially kids. Like, and to, and to kind of show them that like, Hey, like I have tattoos, I go work. Like I do a job that's not, you know, deemed a something that's, you know, someone driving a Lambo, you know, when people ask me, like, what do you do? I'm a roofer. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, I, I, I sell drugs. Is that what you want? And is, that what you do? People, like, <laughs> is that what you want to hear? Yeah. Is that what you want to hear? Is that what, uh, you know? So when I found that, like, and realized that, because it was like gave me like like true fulfillment and now like we talked about I, I could lose the car i could lose the car i could lose my vehicle like i could lose all that and i know that i could stay i'd keep doing what i'm doing that's what gives me that fulfillment in helping kids and i want to go to a whole nother level and i want to work with addiction um with the alcohol the alcohol is a huge thing for me it's i've been it's been seven years without a single drop of alcohol. When I found that, that fulfillment in helping others, I mean, everything changed. You know, it's interesting because one of, one of my other guests brought this up. He said when he went from self-centered goals mm -hmm. to service-centered goals is when everything changed for him. And it sounds like that's the same thing that happened with you. That's, that is the behavior and belief that really changed for you. Right. And, and it's, it's so hard to explain the difference in, in a lot of really high achieving people talk about when you change your, when you figure out your purpose and you work towards your purpose, you're not working towards basic, essentially a paycheck and you just do what's right and what, and it all follows. Then you start getting associated with these people that you know you look up to. I mean, yesterday I was hanging out with Grant Elena Cardone. And yeah. Like, how cool is that? Hanging out with Casey Adams, John Mallott. Like, the circle changes pretty quick when you do that. Yeah, and you hear about it, and you hear about committing to it, and you hear about showing up at events, at things where they're going to be. I mean, I drove five five hours to go see John Mallott for for a couple hours when he was in Milwaukee. Yeah, I'd have drove twelve. I'd have drove twenty. Yeah. Like to get around people. I had so much going on. I mean, I got a wife and two kids, like to get in the car and drive five hours and then 
get a hotel room and then come back. Like it wasn't a comfortable thing to do. What three things would you want somebody to walk away from this episode with that could could change their their, their relationships, their business, their finances, right, whatever? Right. I mean, I know you touched on kind of just being a good person, but focusing on really just actually being like a good person that, that to me has been, it, and it sounds so simple. And, uh, you know, Andy Frisella talks a lot about that. Like, I mean, like pushing your cart back, putting, cleaning up your, you know, oh, don't get me started on the cart. Oh dude, we'll spend my kids or my son, my daughter's too. She doesn't, she doesn't do anything for help yet, but I mean, we're, we're always grabbing carts and you're, you know, and it's, it's a simple thing to do, but it just, I mean, it goes to show, I understand there's handicapped people. There's pregnant people. I, I understand there's some, but you see perfectly able and willing and, uh, people that just leave stuff like that or littering and just little stuff like that, changing how you think, um, and changing how you treat other people like out in public. Like I've gotten like, I'll hold, I'm that guy, awkward dude that holds the door. Like when you're way out there, cause I don't want to seem rude. And then they're like, Oh, they got to like run to shuffle in <laughs> cause I'm holding the door for so long. Right. Um, but that's definitely to me, I mean, that's number one thing is just treating other people, treating them well, like being a good human. The second is quit taking advice from people you wouldn't change spots with. I mean, that's a huge. That, that's interesting. Can I go a little bit deeper on that? So, uh, and I've, I've taken some. Because that sounds like you thought about it a little bit. So I've taken some, some grief on it because it does sound a little harsh. And I mean, obviously there's other parts of people's lives that you may not want. You may not want to live like that, but so many people take advice from people that aren't committed, that aren't willing to do it. And they don't see what your vision is. I've had, if I would have taken the advice of these people that, you know, play it safe, do this, don't do this. Don't buy that car. Don't do this. Don't, you'll never be able to start your own business. Um, when I look at someone and I see where they're at in their life, it's like, well, that's going to, by doing what you told me is going to get me to where you are. Like you don't have a jet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, and it, it, you know, some people can take it the wrong way, but that's definitely, that's a big one for me. And then number three, what do we got for number three? Let's see here. Quit taking in like for, for someone starting out, they take in so much information, so much content but they never latch on and actually do anything. Uh, and that's, that's a huge one because everyone bounces from everything to thing to thing to thing. And then there, there's so many places you can get good content from, but if you don't go out and put anything into action, there's not, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Uh, and along with that too, is show up to stuff. So get in front of people, whatever it takes when you do find that person that you. So you snuck in a fourth one on me. Yeah, but it's kind of like still in the, it's still in like the second one, kind of. So we'll just, we'll just call that number three, but find someone that you, you know, and study everything they've got. And then, you know, when it gets to a point of, you know, and then, and then commit to, to using, cause every, I mean, everybody needs mentors and, you know, needs someone to look up to and, you know, everyone you talk to that's done great things and is reading is is studying other people. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to recap this. All right. I'm going to, let's see how well I can do. You probably do better than what, so what I come up with. The first one is just be a good human being. Yeah. 
for sure. All right. Second one is be careful who you take advice from. And a good measure to go by would be if you're not willing to trade places with them, it's probably not a good person to take advice from. Yes. Number three would be to take action on specific content and not keep consuming. And the fourth and last one, what was that one? So I think that would still roll into number three. You think so? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll let you slide with three. Because you could line. definitely, yeah, because taking the content that and not over, you know, because you could, you could go and listen to, you could go and take advice from so I guess, Dave Ramsey. So I guess three would be, three would be find the, con instead of bouncing through content, find the content that works for you and then take action on yeah. it. And go deep on it. And and get and come and be committed to it and do those things show up to events network with people that's what number four was yeah so that's that's all in so, there, no no so so I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you on this <laughs> one because that number four one is huge it is so huge and it will change everything um participate in events with people who are doing the things you, you want to do um because if it weren't for events like that you and i would have never met right so Participate in the things with the people or the things that are around the things that you want to do. When you participate in that, that exposes you to more people that are like-minded. Yeah. And it is crazy what it'll do for your circle. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah, I spent over 30 minutes in this close to Grand Atlanta yesterday. And it was like a normal, like, you know, I wasn't like fanboy. And I was a little bit when I first came in. I mean, I wanted to get the phone out and get all this stuff. And, but... Being that close and then being in that circle now of these like ultra successful people and being able to just sit there and listen to what they have to say. It's like, but you're there and they recognize it. I mean, Elena, when she goes, it's Lambo dad. And it's like, holy cow, that's crazy. So you have Elena Cardone that says, hey, it's Lambo dad. Yeah. So before we close out, I mean, obviously people can type in Lambo Dad and all that fun stuff, but the best place to, to find you and to reach out to you and to connect with you and to find out more about you and your mission, where is that? And that is Instagram. So I have, uh, I've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time digging deep on Instagram. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to utilize a platform because I was all over the place, couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And so it's YouTube, Instagram. I'm on Facebook, um, but Instagram is the platform. That's the platform I'm on. Awesome. That's the platform I'm DMing. Uh, I mean, hit that DM slide, Casey Adams says. <laughs> He's the king of the DM slide. Slide uh, that DM in. Yeah. And it is crazy what, what you can do through the DM. Don't DM me with your sales pitch on the first DM. Uh, cause I, I will, I will delete it. Uh, and don't do it to anybody, right. but you can build real relationships through the DM and you can make crazy, crazy, crazy contacts through the DM. So I need to hide my stuff over here. I know you haven't been looking at it, but my last thing was like, what, what's the call to action to people? And I just heard you say, <laughs> Start. I mean, if if you want to contact somebody, you know, if you want to want to engage and you, you want to grow that circle, don't be afraid to reach out, even if it is through an Instagram DM. Don't be afraid to reach out to people, and I mean, don't spam them. Don't hit them thirty times in a day because they're going to think you're a psychopath, and they won't. 
they're not talking to you, but people do recognize that. And they recognize when people stay in there and they're consistent and they're good people. Growing your circle through Instagram is huge. Well, Ryan, man, I appreciate it. Um, we, we, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Um, this is, this is really, really good, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming out here and sitting through the traffic and all the nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you, you drove five hours for John Milan. I, 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 I took a, a this, trek across I think this the valley. This is probably the furthest anyone's ever drove to hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, again, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know the story is going to help a lot of people. Um, I hope so. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to, to present it in the, in the best possible way to help. Well, you definitely do that. You got the appreciate it. Yeah, you, you, you put in the work here. It's actually very impressive. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Awesome, That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show. Show.